ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speak Life. I'm your host, Marty Layton, and I'm a prophet, and I am glad that you're here with me and my team tonight. And, you know, this is going to be a great broadcast, and our broadcasts here are filled with hope and expectation of God's desires and aspirations for your life and, and your destiny. And I just came back from a great conference at Christian International uh, with my spiritual father, Bishop Bill Hammond. It's always a joy and an honor to spend that time with him. Uh, but it's the 2023 International Gathering of Apostles and Prophets. And it was a very powerful week of meetings. And, you know, we did a good bit of prophesying and and uh, prophetic decrees over our nation and over Israel. A lot of praying for Israel. I, You know, I'm, it's horrendous what has happened. Uh, but we are praying for Israel. And listen, God has a great army of champions. And this was a week of powerful spiritual warfare. And I believe we participated in making a great shift for our nation. Nothing is impossible, and the impossible is nothing. And God right now is listening to his people. We've talked before <clears throat> about this season that we are in the season of Pay Dalet, uh, 5784. And the last two numbers are pay, P-E-H, and delet, which means <clears throat> uh, mouth and door. And the war is, warfare is always at the gate. It's always at the door. And so the, the implication is that you're going to have to use your mouth to activate. We've already been talking about a voice-activated covenant, uh, but using your mouth for, to speak at the door for those doors to open. And, uh, and war at the door, right? And so God is listening to what his people are saying. And so what is it that you're saying? What is it that you're praying? Some that are watching and listening from all over the world, some are, 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 are watching here locally, but some are right now in a moment of despair. And as I was praying today, I sensed from the Lord uh, that there was such a despair uh, on some of God's people, uh, and you sense the presence of the Lord right now at this moment, and the Lord is touching your heart right now, and I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Suddenly, <clears throat> if just for a moment, you're reaching out your hand once again to Almighty God that you think at some point in time have, has let you down, uh, and you were wounded, God is touching you right now, and he's healing that wound and making you whole again because he loves you. He really loves you with an unconditional, everlasting love. And I can hear him saying it again, no matter what, nothing is impossible, and the impossible is nothing. Amen. Lord, heal them now, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I love the presence of the Lord. Can you sense his presence right now? I've spent time with him all day, and I love spending time with the Lord, and I love His presence. Uh, in His presence is joy forevermore, and when you're in His presence, suddenly it's all about God, and it's got nothing uh, to do with the problems or the issues we face, right? Because God is so much bigger than anything that we could face, and like the song says, the things of this world become strangely dim in the light of His glorious 
face. It's all about Jesus. And uh, I just want to encourage some of you, get into his presence. His kingdom, his kingdom has come. And his kingdom is still coming, by the way. When Jesus, by the way, was teaching us how to pray, he said, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And when he was demonstrating this, it wasn't for us to use this as a redundant line in prayer, by the way. In other words, whenever we pray a prayer along these lines, we should expect an appearance. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Uh, when we pray, kingdom come, your will be done, that prayer is not only fulfilled at the end of time, but it has to be answered right there as well. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done. When we pray that, have an anticipation of, of God doing something. Amen? What I mean is that there is a presence of the kingdom of God right now. And his kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, and anything he wishes to give to us along with all of that. He's the king, and his kingdom is without end. And I pray for this audience that the kingdom of God would appear to you right now. And I pray as you seek him that suddenly there is prophetic revelation. I want you to know the answer is on its way. Let his kingdom come and let his will be done. And as you stand upright before him, you're standing in righteousness and receive his peace that surpasses all of our limited understanding. And the joy of the Lord would strengthen you again in an easing of all stress, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You've got to know that he has all dominion over every challenge because his kingdom has come. Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Amen? Well, Brother Marty, the Lord is omnipresent. Yeah, that is true. But I'm talking about the personal presence of God for you. Jesus still makes house calls, and he still makes personal appearances. And the Bible is filled with stories and personal accounts of those who experience the presence of the Lord personally, <clears throat> the Lord himself, <clears throat> especially as they sought him in prayer in times of trouble. There's so many biblical accounts of people in trouble seeking the Lord, <clears throat> and his presence shows up in some unusual way. You know, when you're facing challenges, remember the kingdom of God is within you, and it is upon you. <clears throat> you are in it, and it is within you, which means there is nothing impossible. And I want to take a moment in the presence of the Lord right now Pardon me. And I want you to do something. How many of you feel the presence of the Lord strong right now? I believe the Lord wants to show himself strong on behalf of you right now. And nothing is impossible for him who believes. That's what Jesus said. In the book of Judges in chapter 13, <clears throat> an angel suddenly appears to a man named Manoah and his wife. These were Samson's parents. And his mother, Samson's mother, was called barren. And the angel of the Lord tells them that the promises of God are happening for you right now. And God is answering their most impossible prayers. And you'll have a son, and he'll be a great deliverer of God's people. And they say, wait here while 
while we go and get an offering. We want to give you an offering. And he says, I can't eat your offering because I'm an angel. Uh, but we can give this offering to the Lord together. And so he waits. And listen, there's a great presence with them. And so they bring their offering to the Lord, and they place it on the rock. And supernaturally, a flame rises up from nowhere upon that rock and consumes the offering. The Bible says his presence is the all-consuming fire. And he does the impossible, and he answers impossible prayers. And that very presence, I believe, is here right now. And as you know, they had a son named Samson who was a great deliverer. I want you to know God is prepared to answer your impossible prayers right now. We have that very presence right here, right now. And so what I'm asking you to do is I want you to pray a specific prayer right now of something that you need. Hear me now. Be specific about what you need and what you are believing God for. Be very specific. Because when God is present, the first thing I want to do is give an offering to him. An offering of praise. An offering of a, that is a sacrifice, right? Manoah and his wife, they, they gave a grain offering and they gave a young goat offering according to the law. One represented a praise offering, and one represented a sustenance offering. Both were a sacrifice. And in Scripture, whenever there was an angelic visitation or a revealing of the Lord to his people, you'll notice most of them would say, stop. I want to go get something. I want to give you an offering. I want to give an offering to the Lord, a sacrifice, because I know that this seals and solidifies what is present right now for my life. You know, you'll see the same concept when people come and place an offering on the platform when someone's ministering a word. What is it that compels them to do that? They, they want to sow into that anointing that is present, that presence that is present. <clears throat> and I'm believing uh, that a harvest is coming forth uh, into your life as you sow into that anointing, right? Listen, everyone has needs, everyone. But I believe God wants you to pray a specific prayer tonight. And we're going to receive an offering in just a minute. But like Elijah told Elisha, you're asking for a hard thing. But he didn't say you couldn't have it. He said it would be granted to him, but here's the conditions. You have to be right in the right place at the right time. When I cast the mantle, you've got to be there to catch it. He didn't say no. He just said, you're asking for a hard thing. And I want to I encourage you, ask God for something that you think is impossible. Ask him for a hard thing tonight. This is what God spoke to me. And then we're going to give our offering to the Lord. And I believe God spoke to me that something unusual is about to happen in this moment for you. Nothing is impossible for God and the impossible is nothing. Amen? And while God's presence is moving, make your requests known to him and give an offering. I've always done this. I've always done this, and it's always worked. I believe it's always a love offering given when God is present. I don't ever have struggles with giving offerings to the Lord. I, I love him. I trust him more than I do money. I trust him more than I do things. I trust him and I love him more than I do anything else. 
And so when I sense him speaking to me, you know, the Bible says, let every man give as he purposed in his heart to give. I purpose in my heart to give and make it a love offering. As we do that, God just overwhelms us with his goodness. You know, David always gave something in the presence of the Lord. Why is it his enemy Saul couldn't touch him? In his day, it was the most powerful army of that time, and, and, and they could not locate him, and they could not touch him. Saul wanted to kill David. He wanted to kill David's destiny. He knew what was prophesied over David, and he wanted to kill David and kill his destiny. Listen, the devil knows what God has said about you, and he is, that same spirit is trying to snuff you out. Inside of David was the lineage of Jesus Christ. In David was God's true future. And the enemy wanted to kill the future. Somehow David always survived. Somehow? No, listen to me. We have the spirit of David upon us. We are a company of prophetic, worshiping warriors. Whatever you need, is in, whatever is in your heart, Bring it before God and say, this is what I need right now. This is the impossible thing. I'm going to give you an offering that comes from my heart with with this request, that this impossible thing, and I'm going to thank you at the very same time. Listen, God wants his people delivered from fear, and he wants his people delivered from despising the offering. Many people despise the offering. They don't, the word despise means to count it a lesser thing. That's why the Bible says despise not prophesyings. They don't, God doesn't want you to count his voice a lesser thing. People despise the offering. Uh, They think it's, it's, should not have anything to do with worshiping God. Let me tell you, it has everything to do with worshiping God. To come before the King of glory and to bring an offering is not something you should despise, but it's something you should celebrate. David was a lover of the offering, and one day he was alone, and he was deserted by his friends, and the king, King Saul, was out to kill him. Uh, But he carried a future and a destiny that God wouldn't allow to be taken away. And so he prayed, Lord, I don't have an offering. This is interesting, right? He said, Lord, I don't have an offering, but would you count my prayers as an offering and as an incense before you and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice? All he could do was a sacrifice of worship. But listen, he didn't do nothing. He understood the offering. And God received and delivered him from King Saul. He received that offering and delivered him from King Saul. And in the presence of a Saul trying to challenge you in this life, we're going to give to the Lord right now. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, he's going to so bless you because you're doing something regardless of the enemy, and your enemy is going to have to watch you receive the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And I want to pray with you as you hold your offering before the Lord tonight.
the Lord of glory, Jesus, Yeshua. Amen. Are you ready? Father, I pray now that you would hear the requests that your people are making as we bring a thanksgiving, a, a thank offering in advance to you. This is a love offering. It's an offering accompanied by this request, Lord. And we are asking for hard things. We're asking you to move mountains. We're asking you to do impossible things. We ask you, Father, for your great blessing, double portion blessing. Father, they may sound impossible to others, but with you, our Father, all things are possible. And Lord, we thank you for this great moment in your presence. Your presence is what we're after. We want to please you, not please man, but please you. And Father, as we bring our tithes, our offerings, our blessings to you, Lord, we receive the answers to our prayers. We know, Father, that you are doing great things. It's a love offering, and, a, and you return your love gladly responding to our prayer requests. Father, thank you right now for touching your people's your, your people's hearts, their lives, their children, their families. Father, we make our decree as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, my generations, we will serve the Lord. Father, thank you for your great hand of blessing upon our lives. And we receive it from you and your great presence right now. And we believe it. And we look for it with excitement. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Listen, there's a few ways you can bring your offering before the Lord. You can, if you're watching on social media, there's a link that you can click on. And it'll take you right over to our giving page. And, and you can give that way. Uh, if you'd like to give by text giving, you can text any amount to the number 84321. That's 84321. There's also a QR code on your screen. We want to make it as easy as we can for you to give to the Lord. And that QR code, uh, all you have to do is open your camera on your phone, put it over that code, and it'll bring up a little yellow link uh, underneath the QR code, and you click on that, and that'll bring you also to our giving page. Uh, if you want to mail in your offering, you can mail your offering uh, to LifePoint. P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. That's LifePoint. P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. Or you can go to our website. Our website is lifepointchurch.cc. Lifepointchurch.cc. There's a giving link on the top of that page. You can click on that if you prefer to give that way. It's lifepointchurch.cc. Dot cc. Amen. Well, hallelujah. While you're working on that, I want to invite you this Sunday, 10 a.m. for LifePoint Church Online. We are online only right now as we are navigating through and trusting the guiding hand of the Lord. And uh, we've got some good things uh, working, but, uh, nothing that is so solid that I can share at this moment. Uh, but we hope to have some things in place very, very soon uh, so that we can announce that and we're going to celebrate together. And uh, I believe it's happening right now. Uh, and not much I can say about it because 
it's a very careful and a a a, um, a uh, fragile thing. You know, you have to be careful about many things nowadays, and so. Uh, but it is happening right now. But for this Sunday, once again, we're going to be online at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll be sure to keep you informed as we're progressing. And I want to thank you for standing with us through this time of transition. Thank you for praying for this ministry. Amen. Uh, you know, I want to tell you that when I went to this conference this week, uh, I can't even begin to tell you how many hundreds of people came up to me and thanked me for Speak Life and thanked me that our services are online and the quality of the broadcast and the quality of the message and the, the quality uh, that we are putting out, uh, they were just grateful for that. And and that's because of you. That's because of you. And again, we're going to meet right here uh, uh, on our website, lifepointchurch.cc, or on Facebook or YouTube this Sunday at 10 a.m. And I want to thank you for being a part and standing with us. Amen. So Sunday's going to be great. Sundays, I've got a great message from the Lord for you. It's it's very exciting to me to see uh, the hand of the Lord moving in this way and uh, have an expectation because something good is about to happen. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to begin to shift gears now and teach begin the teaching uh, for our prophetic workshop. And uh, this this message is Agreeing with God, Part 2. I started last week, Agreeing with God, Part 1. And uh, if you haven't seen that, you need to go back and grab that message. Get let it become a part of you. Uh, it's God is really doing a lot in this moment. That's why uh, everything is in such a whirlwind, such a transitional moment. Uh, God is really moving and doing stuff. And when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, there was a great, mighty rushing wind, a whirlwind. Uh, and there was a change in the atmosphere. There was a change in the sound. And and uh, everything was shifting and changing in the world. And that is what's happening right now. Amen. And so the, the, the best way to get through transition is to agree with God. Agree with what he said. Agree with what he's doing. Uh, you know, our flesh doesn't like change. Our flesh doesn't want change. But if we'll just agree with God, uh, if we'll define what God wants us to do and agree with him, uh, powerful things start happening. It's a very powerful thing to agree with God. One way that you can accelerate the fulfillment of your prophecies is to just agree with God, right? I was sharing with Apostle Robert Gay this this week, my good friend Robert Gay. Uh, We were sharing, uh, you know, uh, stories of, of prophetic words and and look what the Lord has done stories over and over. Uh, but I was sharing with him this week about uh, people that I prophesied over, and he was sharing about some that he's prophesied over. <clears throat> and at some point during during this conversation, we were talking about people who got mad at us uh, with, while we were prophesying to them. And uh, he's had it happen. I've had it happen. But uh, one time I was prophesying over these people and they got mad at me because they heard the word of the Lord. And uh, multiple times this has happened because we live in a culture that wants to hear God say to them what they want God to say to them. They, they want to hear what they want to hear. 
And outside of that, they don't want to hear it. And it's dangerous to think that the the way God, uh, the way that you see things is the correct point of view and there's nothing other than your point of view. God wants to break you out of limitation thinking into thinking like he thinks. And you know the scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, therefore my ways are not your ways. And so, uh, especially today, people are justifying any kind of lifestyle or cultural norm that is contrary to the word of God and saying, God is okay with this. God is love, therefore this is okay, because he loves me in his grace and all of that. Listen, that is a half-truth. Yes, he loves you, but he loves you enough to correct you when you are wrong, right? Uh, Parents who love their children, the Bible says that parents who love their children will uh, uh, bring the rod of discipline, the rod of correction to them. And uh, that's how uh, God chastises those who he loves, right? God's that kind of father. You know, some people say, well, I don't believe in spanking. I don't believe in... uh, a rod of correction and discipline like that, well, then you don't believe like God believes. God believes in correcting and chastising and um, to correct you. I love you enough to tell you the truth, right? And uh, oftentimes God uses prophets to bring a word that offends you. Uh, and if, if I haven't offended you lately, then you haven't stayed tuned in, tuned in long enough. Uh, because when the word of God is truly released, it will it will offend you in some way. the The Bible actually calls Jesus the rock of offense. The rock of offense. the The Hebrew word is scandalon. We get our word scandal from that. And uh, it's sometimes the things that God tells His people to do sound scandalous. <clears throat> it, it it is offensive to hear somebody say some of these things, that flies right in the face of uh, having this woke mentality and having to be careful about everything that you say and tippy-toe around uh, this subject or that subject because you don't want to offend people. No, listen, Jesus wasn't careful. He just spoke truth. And truth, when it's spoken from a heart of love, you know, you speak the truth in love according to Ephesians 4, correct? So you speak the truth in love, and if it offends you, then that is not a bad thing. That is a good thing uh, because it's helping you to correct things that are bent out of shape back into shape, back into proper order and alignment. In fact, the Bible talks about God bringing a plumb line to Zion, to the church, and when he brings the plumb line, everything that's not what a plumb line is is how they used to. Uh, it's like the level to make sure things are level and not crooked or out of shape, or or uh, because that when a a a, a building is out of plumb uh, or not level when it is built, it creates weaknesses, and those weaknesses will eventually cause the collapse. Of the building, and that's why God says, "I'll build my people, but I'm going to bring the plumb line to make sure everything stays in right order and right alignment." And so that's why the word, uh, oftentimes the prophetic word, will offend some people 
because God wants to bring some things into right order and right alignment and bring things back into level. Uh, Even though the culture may say one thing, the Word of God does not change. The Word of God is truth. You know, I have heard certain pastors saying, listen, you need to update uh, the, the grace message in your ministry because uh, you're excluding people uh, by keeping a, a hard standard. <clears throat> and what they're really saying is change the word of God to match the culture. And what God is saying is, no, you don't change the word of God to match the culture. You create a representation of truth and the culture will change to the truth, not the truth change to the culture. God's word is true, and he says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, and I change not. And so oftentimes prophets will prophesy things uh, that make people mad, and, and it offends them because what is God doing? He's trying to take you out of the control of uh, uh, of dark spirits that just want to lie to you and give you the doctrines of demons and control you and limit you. Then all of a sudden you're limited and God wants to break a mindset of limitation. Uh, And so I was sharing a story with Apostle Robert Gay that I gave a word to this couple uh, that they were going to have twins. I didn't know what I was prophesying. I just am giving the word of the Lord, not my word, not my opinion, you know, I'm a seasoned prophet. This is something I've been doing uh, since I was about 12 years old. And uh, and so God has trained me in this. I'm not a novice. Uh, I know what my thoughts are. I know what the world's thoughts are. And I know what the mind of Christ is. I know what God's thoughts are. And I'm not saying I can't miss it. Anybody can miss it. Everyone is fallible. Uh, but I prophesied over this one couple uh, that they were going to have twins, and they got really mad at me. Uh, they they picked up their prophecy cassette tape at the time, uh, and they left the meeting angry. They left early, and uh, they did not want to have kids, uh, and they did not want that in their plans. And uh, but about ten months later, they came back to the church uh, with two little babies in a stroller. Uh, with the fulfillment of the prophecy. (laughs) And uh, that's a simple illustration. But what I'm saying is their thoughts were not God's thoughts. You know, oftentimes some people think that prophecy is only uh, a confirmation of your already, already your thoughts. That's not what the Bible says. And so, again, it's a simple illustration uh, that their thoughts were not God's thoughts. And so they could not walk in agreement with God. They were going through difficulties. They were going through limitations. They explained all this to me later uh, because they were resisting what God wanted for them. Let me just tell you, if you're resisting truth and you're resisting what God wants for you and you're trying to conform the word of God to meet your uh, the desires of your flesh or your carnal reasoning, or what the culture is telling you, you're going to have limitation and difficulty in life. And you're going to say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? 
And God's not letting that happen to you. You're letting that happen to you. And so, because you're resisting what God wants for your life. And when you start resisting God, essentially what you're saying is, I'm resisting God and I'm not resisting or accepting or receiving something from another source, another spiritual source of information. And so uh, resisting God and what God wants for you causes issues to occur in your life. And again, back to this couple, once they yielded to God's way, everything fell into place. They were explaining this to me. Everything started going the way they that it was supposed to go. And when they came back to me, they said, we never knew what we were missing until that prophetic word changed our thinking. That's the key. Change your thinking. We've got to learn to put on the mind of Christ and agree with God. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Are you walking in agreement with God? Are you walking in agreement with God? We have some very powerful prophetic weapons uh, in your prophetic words. And if you'll agree with God, God can defeat the enemy. If you don't agree with God, you're going to try to battle things out all on your own, and it's not going to work. Remember the Lord told us about September, October, and November? Let me tell you, my flesh does not want to be online for both services right now. My carnal reasoning does not want to be online right now. I want to be gathering together, right? But God already spoke beforehand, September, October, and November, S-O-N, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. That during September and October and November would be a very chaotic and turbulent time, but God would bring order and alignment again. And in this temporary shift to online services, uh, let me just say this. I want to thank every one of you for remaining faithful to this house and faithful with your support, faithful with your prayers, faithful with your friendship and your your texts and your your, uh, emails. You know, we have to continue to work through, by the way, all the financial qualifications uh, to be able to purchase our own facilities for the vision. Uh, And we need to have consistency and even increase in order to qualify and to continue to work these things out. So please pray with us. Take these truths, apply them, decree the blessing of the Lord over your house, your family, over this house that's feeding you the word of the Lord. And when you, the Bible says, when you receive a prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive, you grab hold and receive the prophet's reward. And especially during this time and this season, we have to believe God and be established and believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. That's Second Chronicles 20, 20. Uh, so please <coughs> lift us in prayer. <coughs> you know, when, when Peter was in prison, it says uh, uh, Andrew was killed, and they were hanging on to Peter because they were about to kill Peter. Uh, but what happened was, There was such turmoil that it caused the church to pray. 
and the church had not prayed with fervency and with uh, you know on fire prayer uh, until things were getting troubled. And so when they did uh, see that Andrew was killed and now Peter was next, um, they got very serious about their prayers, and they began praying. And what happened? Supernatural intervention occurred. An angel came to Peter and and led him out of the city, out of the jail, out of the city, beyond the walls of the city, beyond the gates. that were, Everything was locked up tight. He just walked right out. Chains fell off of him, everything. And he thought he was dreaming until he realized, no, this is really happening. And now I'm at the door of the church that's been praying for me. And, uh, and so listen, turbulence is not supposed to uh, splinter or cause people to scatter. It's supposed to cause us to come together so that we will uh, pray and we'll see miraculous and divine intervention. And so I want to thank every one of you who continues to lift us in prayer and remain faithful uh, to the house. Amen. But let me continue to remind me that I believe, remind you that I believe God said by the end of November, God will open up our place. And with uh, prophets and prophetic ministry, you don't always just get to prophesy the word of the Lord. Many, many, many times prophets get to be a living example of what God is speaking to his church. And so we're going through and demonstrating, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, what is happening in the church right now. In September, we went through a big explosive change, uh, and it continues in October, but I believe it will end and level out by November as we make it through this transition and we stabilize in the new. Amen. And so as the people of God, we're agreeing with God. And we're going through the process as he's positioning us for possession. You know, that that would be a good thing for you to say over your life every day. God, you're positioning me for possession of my prophetic promises. God, you're positioning me for possession of my prophetic promises. Amen. And, you know, the ministry headquarters, I believe, will be settled. And many aspects of the vision will be able to begin and be established. Amen. Okay, so agreeing with God is is very limitation-breaking. Uh, it breaks limitations when you agree with God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, The carnal mind is at war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So you're, when you carnally reason things, that's your natural mind, uh, it doesn't make sense. Right, And the word logic actually comes from the same word as the word of God, logos, logic and logos. So really the truth or the logical truth is actually aligning everything to the word of God. Uh, But the carnal mind uh, has your emotions and your will attached to it. And we don't like certain things, and our flesh doesn't like certain things. And so it is at war against aligning with and agreeing with the Word of God. And so that is, that is just the truth. And that's why Romans 8, 7 says, The carnal mind is at enmity with God or at war with God, and it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So agreeing with God 
will break you out of limitation thinking, but your natural mind wants to war against it. If you know that up front, you've already won the battle. <laughs> Listen, for some, <clears throat> for some people, long-term demonic strongholds, I believe, will suddenly break when you come into agreement with God. Long-term demonic strongholds in your life will suddenly break when you decide to come into agreement with God. Long-term strongholds over churches are breaking right now because the church is waking up and agreeing with God, right? And what's happening is God's troubling the waters, waking the church up and causing the church to pray and to start agreeing, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, if you can believe, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Amen? I believe what Jesus was emphasizing uh, is the need for our faith to be active. Actively believing on whatever level of faith that you can stir up. <clears throat> what do you mean by that? Well, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, it says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, it's, just, it's the same lesson. <clears throat> it's not the size of the mountain that needs to be removed, nor is it the size of your faith uh, that matters, but it's the size of your God who can take the little that you have and bring impossibilities to pass. Did you get that? Everything in this world, everything in the universe, everything was created by words that God spoke. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And everything is created as he says, let there be light. And so uh, that means everything is created on the frequency of God's voice. And so we are made in the image and in the likeness of God. Therefore, when we speak, things change. It is a voice-activated covenant. It is a voice-activated uh, uh, season, pay to let. If you want the doors to open, you're going to have to start putting the word of God in your mouth. Those are the only words of great power. He places his word even above his name. And so when you speak those words of power over that door that's in front of you that seems to be shut and locked down, things begin to open. When we speak, things change. And even more powerfully, when we speak the words of God, our Father. That's why I say, put the prophetic words back in your mouth. Some of you have prophetic words from years ago, and they're still organized very very neatly, very orderly in a uh, in a file somewhere. And once a year, you bring them out and you look at them and say, well, this one hasn't come to pass. Well, this one hasn't come to pass. <coughs> well, they, met, they must have missed it on this one because I can't see any way that's going to come to pass. Listen, that's not the way you handle prophetic words. You've got to put them in your mouth and you've got to speak them over and over and over again. You've got to start decreeing a thing for it to be established unto you for light to shine upon your ways. Things powerfully change when we begin to speak the words of power. Amen? Uh, when we, I, I like to say it like this. We speak our world. <clears throat> you are the sum total 
of everything that you've been speaking over the last several years. And so we speak our world. If you want to change your world, you change your words. This is how uh, the Father accessed the power of the Lord. With This is how you access the power of the Father. Let me say this again. Uh, by With mustard-sized, mustard-seed-sized faith. I'm going to get this sentence right. The question is then, what are you declaring? All you need to do is put his word in your mouth, even have a little bit of faith, and mountains will move. Your faith has a voice. Your faith remains inactive until you start declaring by faith. In other words, when I was a child, uh, as a child of God, just like God did, we speak um, the, the, the prayer of salvation, and we say the words, right? And we have faith the size of a mustard seed, a little teeny speck of faith. But the greatest miracle of all takes place. We are suddenly translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And the Bible calls that the greatest miracle of all. And so as a child of God, just like God did, we learn to speak our world. Your miracle is in your mouth. You're believing for a miracle? And my question is, have you put it in your mouth yet? Faith speaks and declares like God our Father teaches us to speak. We even sing scriptures that say, let the weak say that I'm strong, right? And now let the weak say I am strong. The word strong in Joel 3.10, that's the scripture, let the weak say I am strong. Uh, The word strong there in the Hebrew is the word gibor, which means mighty warrior. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. I am a mighty warrior. What is happening is the word in your mouth is changing. And so what you declare impacts everything in your life. God addresses Joshua in chapter 1 and telling him uh, what to think and how to speak. Joshua, if you want uh, faith in the face of battle, in the face of many armies that are greater and mightier than you, he told us that up front. Let me set your mind straight. Let me set your thoughts. Come into agreement with me. Let me set your thoughts straight, and let me set your mouth straight. And come into agreement with me, Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, uh, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, everything is shifting and changing. You're in flux right now. You're in transition right now. And I want you to understand, no one's coming to your rescue but you. Let me tell you, this is where we are today. Father God, I believe, is giving us a personal prophetic application from the Word of God uh, for us today. The old is over, and God has established the new But we must be strong, and we must be very courageous in our faith, and we must possess the new. Verse 2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead, right? Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land in which I'm giving to them, 
the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I've given to you, as I said to Moses. In other words, it, it's similar to the past, but now it's new. And the difference is, I want you to become active in your faith. And it goes on to describe from the river, uh, from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites in the great sea, uh, going where the going down of the sun happens. All that's going to be your territory. <clears throat> in other words, God's saying, <clears throat> you shall possess all that I've already prophesied. Every part of it to the very edges of those borders. You're going to you're going to possess everything that I promised and prophesied to you. Isn't that good news? And then it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. But here's the conditions. I want you to be strong and of a good courage or very courageous. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be very strong and very courageous. What is he saying? He's saying, agree with God. Don't listen to the weakness of your flesh. Don't listen to the fear that tries to come before your eyes. Don't listen to the things that's going into your ears. You're going to have to listen to me, and you're going to have to agree with me that you may observe to do according to all the law which my, my Moses, Moses, my servant, commanded you. In other words, he's saying all your prophecies, everything that Moses had, all it was was prophetic words that were written down. And uh, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law or your prophecies, including Scripture, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. That means think about it, consider it, mutter it to yourself, meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And then those prophetic words will come to pass. Have I not commanded you? This is not a suggestion. God's saying, I'm commanding you to handle things this way. Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed or, or, or confused about things. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let me tell you a story. This monk joins a monastery. And in joining the monastery, he takes a vow of silence. And every seven years, the conditions are every seven years, he can speak two words. So the first seven years goes by. And the monsignor calls him up and says, okay, you can speak your two words. And he says, bed's hard. Bed is hard. Okay, go back for another seven years. Seven years later, monsignor calls him up. He says, you got your two words. Go ahead. He said, food's bad. <laughs> he says, so the food's bad. Okay, uh, go ahead another seven years. Third seven years goes by, and he comes before the Monsignor, and he says, I quit. <laughs> and the Monsignor says, well, it's no wonder you've, been, you've done nothing but complain ever since you've been here. Anyways, how many of you know that in this very important transition of our lives, we need to keep a watch over the words of our mouths? No complaining. 
What are you thinking? What are you saying? Are you agreeing with God or are you agreeing with the enemy of your soul? No complaining, right? Proverbs 18.21 is one of our favorite scriptures. It says, death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words, the power of our words. Words created everything we see, and this is a fact. Science actually has determined that even the smallest of microscopic particles inside of those is light and sound. And in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and it was. So you have light and sound, right? This is why prophetic ministry is so important today. This is why prophets are so important today. Powerful words must be spoken in order to create the future we desire to see. Elijah was called the troublemaker of Israel because when things were going away from the standard of truth and when things were coming out of alignment and out of balance, Elijah began to speak truth in the midst of it and 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 it caused so much problems so many problems because they were not words that were easy to be received <clears throat> they made people mad and they called him the troublemaker of Israel but the truth is what sets us free amen so powerful words must be spoken in order to create the future we desire to see you may not like some things in, that God's saying f- about you or about your family, uh, and you may want to take the easier path of less resistance. And yeah, But I just want to encourage you, you need to put truth in your mouth and begin to speak it because light and sound will penetrate and break off things that need to be broken off and bring things into alignment in order where there's chaos and disorder and things are out of order and out of alignment, you continue to speak those words of life. I'm giving you some some amazing truth right now that will absolutely revolutionize your life. Speak words of light and words of life and that those words of power will begin to change everything. We are not only warriors but we are prophetic warriors. What we say has power. It's like a two-edged sword. And the devil's number one goal is to use your strength against you and against others so that we'll drop our shields of faith. Our strength may be grace and love and peace and joy and all of that. Well, the devil wants to use that against us to get us to compromise, to get you to speak words that are not in agreement with God. If the devil can get you to speak cursing instead of blessing, he can steal, he can kill, and he can destroy. In fact, you're called to be a hero of faith, a champion of God's kingdom. We must keep a guard on our eyes and our ears, and especially our mouths. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Your eyes, your ears allow entrance into your heart. Bishop Hammond used to teach us in training us in the prophetic, garbage in, garbage out. If you want to speak the word of the Lord, you've got to stop listening to garbage. 
You've got to stop looking at garbage. You've got to stop allowing garbage to enter your your heart through your eyes and through your ears. Garbage in, garbage out. But you need to do like God told Joshua. Meditate on what I've said. Put it before your eyes. Keep it in your ears and keep it in your mouth. Listen, this is a battle. But if you'll put on some worship, listen to some teaching, pick up the Bible and read it, or you know, nowadays all you have to do is pull up your app, find a, a version that you like, and push play, and it'll read it to you. You'll stop listening to the negative and stop it from going into, into you and coming out of you. Some people say, well, I was just raised that way. No, negative thoughts, negative words, negative this, negative that lead to a defeated life. But you have the power to choose. And the power of life and death are in your tongue. And so why not make a decision to stop listening to garbage and start listening to the right things? Stop looking at garbage and start looking at the right things. In James chapter 3, it says, The tongue can either set things on fire for God or set things on fire for the devil. Your choice. The power of our words can either make or destroy our faith. God wants you to agree with him and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Murmuring and complaining is just repeating the voice of the enemy instead of the voice of the Lord. Let me say that again. Murmuring and complaining is just repeating the voice of the enemy instead of the voice of the Lord. Don't look at the temporary things and let that be what comes out of your mouth. Look at the eternal word of God and speak that. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have the faith of God. When you look at that literally translated, it, it says, echo God. Echo God. God is our Father, and he wants us to talk like him. You know, I remember when I was a, a young kid, my mom was a very strict mom, very strict uh, Catholic, uh, Christian, you know, born-again Catholic mom. She's very strict. And so we did not speak. Uh, curse words. We did not speak harshly. If we did, we were in trouble, and we knew it. And so I went over to the neighbor's house one day, and um, some friends of mine went over to their house and saw how he spoke to his mom, and my jaw dropped to the ground. And I could not believe somebody got away with talking to their parents like that. And so I went home, and I, I tried just explaining to my mom, my mom wouldn't allow me to talk like that. What does that mean? Scripture says, echo God. Just because somebody else gets away with talking like that doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean you can. You're called to echo God. Speak like your father. Agree with God. Don't echo dissatisfaction or disappointment or any other negative thing. Echo God. By echoing God, we have access to God's faith. Have the faith of God, it says. As a prophetic generation, our words carry a great authority. You may be facing a challenge, but don't curse the situation. Speak God's blessing. Amen? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit long if you'll just give me a couple more minutes. Numbers eleven one, it says when the people complained, <coughs> it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and His anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and they and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Notice it's usually the people that are furthest from the center. You know, I want to be as close to the Lord as possible. I don't want to live on the edge and see how much, how far I can stay away from God and see what I can get away with and see how close I can drive to the edge of the cliff and still be a Christian. It says, the Lord burnt among them and they were consumed and it consumed them them who were at the uttermost parts of the camp. And the word complained in that scripture means to complain or to grumble or to judge or to be critical or to speak with a strong disapproval. Listen, we cannot be critical or judge someone by our own standards or our own preferences. God judges us all and we will all stand before God and this goes for self-condemnation and self-judgment as well. You, you're not allowed to be that hard on yourself. We may be walking through a tough situation, but we're coming out of them. Amen? God told Joshua, be strong, be very courageous, agree with me, and speak life. Speak your world. Amen? Some people were raised in a house of grumbling and complaining, murmuring and complaining and being critical of other people, being judgmental, and it, it, that becomes an entertaining pastime in some households. Let me tell you this bad thing that happened, and let me just tell you about this that I heard about that person. Well, I can top that, and then the whole fellowship becomes a big one-up pity party. Well, I can tell you something worse. Well, I can tell you something worse. And the enemy just sits back and laughs and lets you agree with him and empower bad things to come to pass in your life. God wants to deliver us from evil. He wants to deliver us from wickedness. He wants to deliver us from bondage. Fear and faith, you know, they have one thing in common. They both think something you cannot see is about to come to pass. Fear and faith. When we start progressing towards freedom in Christ, the devil wants to interfere and activate old things again, old memories, old failures, digging up old weaknesses. He wants those seeds to go deep into our hearts so it'll grow a root of bitterness, and then anger will set in. And ultimately, you get angry at God for not doing what you want God to do fast enough. And people get stuck in a rut. You know, the children of Israel, they got stuck in a rut. And they created their own rut by circling the mountain over and over again for 40 years, murmuring and complaining until they got stuck in a rut so bad they couldn't cross into the promises. When God had done amazing things for them, they never moved forward. The whole time, they could have possessed their promised land because it was God's will. They could have just agreed with God and not agreed with the lies of the enemy. But they refuse to stop murmuring and complaining and judging and being critical. What was the first thing God spoke to Joshua as they crossed over uh, as the new leader? 
the first thing he said is, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I want you to agree with me, son. But you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Man, I could preach another hour just on that. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Uh, for For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen, when Joshua crossed over, and that's where we are today, we are entering into a brand new epic of time in the kingdom of God. God was hitting the reset button for Joshua. And God is hitting the reset button for us today. The old is over. No more living in the past. No more living in the past. You know, a form of Roman Roman torture was to chain a dead body to the prisoner, wrist to wrist and ankle to ankle. That was a form of Roman torture. And so when Apostle Paul said, my old man is dead, put off the old man, this is what he was speaking of. You can walk around chained to the old you. Let that old you speak to you. Let that old you uh, make you unclean. Let that old you impact every decision you make and everything that you see and everything that you say. But if you're going to possess the new, you have to put off the old man. You have to let go of the old. Moses is dead. Your past is dead. You're a new creation. It's a new day. Agree with God. Don't speak like a wimp. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Let God give you a fresh new beginning. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. If you'll keep his promise alive in you, meditate on it. This is what will give you the strength and the courage to run at the enemy instead of running away from the enemy. What was Joshua's instruction from from God? Uh, As soon as they crossed over and they're facing Jericho, God said, your mouth, make them be silent facing their enemies. Don't yield to fear. Don't doubt. Don't let your fear have a voice. Don't let doubt have a voice. Remain silent until I say that you can speak. And sometimes when you don't know what to say or don't, just don't talk and curse yourself, Get back to his promise. Put it back into your mouth. Joshua, after circling the walls of Jericho seven times a day for seven days, uh, they lifted a shout of praise to the Lord, and the walls came crumbling down flat. Let me say this as well. Praise is a key to your deliverance. A declaration of praise. Isaiah 61 uh, talks about uh, taking off uh, the the spirit of heaviness and putting on a garment of praise. Take off that heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. Amen. When heaviness comes upon you and tries to smother you, don't start complaining. Uh, you have a choice. Choose to put on the garment of praise. Apostle Paul's the best example of that. He goes to Philippi. He ministers there. Then he's arrested, and he's beat down, he's beat up, and he's thrown into prison, put into stocks in the deepest prison, prison, which is basically the septic tank. It was a form of torture. 
and these stalks forced him to lie on his back where he had been whipped and beaten, extending the pain and the torture. All of this because he did everything right and did nothing wrong. This was not only unfair to Paul, but it was also illegal. But someone was getting away with it anyways. Does that sound familiar at all? So how did Paul and Silas react? They begin to sing praises to God. Did they feel like praising him? No. Do we always feel like praising him, especially when things are going wrong? No. But I believe Apostle Paul said, I'm going to put on my mantle of praise. I feel miserable. I'm in pain. I'm bleeding. I can't rest. I can't sleep. But I'm going to fill this cell with praise. I'm not going to yield my mouth to murmuring and complaining. I'm going to praise the Lord anyways. And when they did, God caused an earthquake to shake the prison unhinging the prison doors, breaking every shackle, every chain, destroying the foundations of the prison, and setting all the captives free. And with the foundation broken, the prison could never be used again. What am I saying? Don't remain stuck in a rut, in a wilderness wandering place. We're at a very important time. Agree with God. Put on the garment of praise. Take off the spirit of heaviness raise your praise. Don't allow situations to dictate what comes out of your mouth. Put on your mantle of praise. Walls will come crumbling down when we shout praises. Jailhouses will crumble to pieces when we begin to shout praises. Bondages will break when we begin to shout praises. Amen. Lives are set free all around us. All the chains broke when they chose to praise. Heaviness has to leave our lives when we choose to put on a garment of praise. The heavens open and God our Father enters into our situation when we choose to praise. God arises and his enemies are scattered when we choose to praise. Murmuring and complaining can have no room in your mouth when you choose to praise. No more powerful words of death or cursing, or destruction, we agree with God. We echo God. We speak words of life, and we choose to echo God and speak life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. As we see everything shifting and changing, God is looking for those who will put aside your own mind and put on the mind of Christ. Agree with his word. Agree with him for his word, his will to come to pass. Amen? Everything right now is in a state of reset. God is blessing his people. He's resetting the battlefield, resetting the order of everything. Blessings are chasing you down right now, whether you feel like it, whether you see it or not. And God is raising up an army of fierce warriors Men and women who will fiercely put on the fearlessly and fiercely put on the mind of Christ and agree with God and carry that priestly anointing with signs and wonders and miracles following them. We are those who God is choosing, and that is why things are shifting forward right now. I'm speaking about the shift into prophetic destiny and prophetic fulfillment. That is the fulfilling of all that God has spoken regarding your life, your calling, your career, your family, 
your wealth and your health and how to fulfill your destiny. Amen? Amen. I want to thank you for standing with us and praying with us, supporting this prophet and the work that God has placed in our hands to accomplish together with you. Amen. I want to give a shout out to our friend Mike Lindell. He's the creator of a great and amazing product that's changed my life and my sleep life called My Pillow. He's also a great Christian brother, and I want to tell you, he's a good sponsor of this broadcast and podcast called Speak Life. Uh, please check out MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Uh, being a sponsor, what that means is he's providing his products at a great discount for this audience. And the way you receive that discount is when you go to those two websites, MyPillow.com or MyStore.com, use the promo code MARTY. M-A-R-T-Y, that's my first name. And you can use this on both of those websites, MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. And by using that promo promo code Marty, you get the deep discounts on all your purchases. Please check them out. Use the promo code Marty. Right now they're having an early Christmas sale. They're slashing prices even more so that you can begin to buy Christmas presents for your loved ones at discount prices. All the slippers, the pillows, the blankets, the sheets, everything is on sale right now for this audience. Use the promo code MARTY, and you're going you're gonna to be so blessed when you get these products, I'm telling you. And some of you prefer to call in your order. I always call mine in. Uh, there's a dedicated number for this audience, and that number is 800-859-2938. That's 800-859-2938. Tell the operator that you want to use the promo code MARTY and you'll receive a special discount. And so when that happens, a generous portion of the proceeds from every purchase goes back to support Speak Life. And we're grateful to Mike Lindell and we're grateful to you for the support. Amen. MyPillows.com, MyStore.com. Check it out. Let them know I sent you by using the promo code MARTY. Amen. Also, I want to remind you that we are live every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, right here in America. Uh, I just saw a report. We are on 48 nations, 48 nations now. Uh, but we're Friday night, 7 p.m. Central, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble, uh, right here in America, 7 p.m. Central Time, every Friday night. And it'd be great if you would help us by uh, getting the word out, telling others to tune in and be blessed. And uh, I greatly appreciate that, and thank you for doing that. Also, if you like podcasts, please check us out. Wherever you get your podcast. just look for Speak Life with Marty Layton. And when you're there, take a moment and give us a five-star review. It really helps us uh, to uh, really uh, become easier for people to find us. Amen. Also, please follow me on all social media platforms at Marty Layton. It's an at, at symbol, and then my name, Marty Layton. Uh, I'm on every social media platform out there, so just look for me out there. Follow us, subscribe, ring the bell, and we'll keep you updated during the week. Uh, go to YouTube, check us out. Uh, if you're feeling down in the dumps uh, or you're wrestling through something, go to our YouTube channel. Go to our Rumble channel. Uh, go to our Facebook page. 
pull up a message and let us inspire you and encourage you and help you to make it through the week. Amen. I want to thank you again for tuning in to Speak Life. My heart is to equip you with this prophetic anointing and to teach you truths so that you'll know how to flow with the voice of the Lord and you'll recognize the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Listen, God is always speaking words of life to us, words of hope to us, words of encouragement to us. God is never mad at us. All his wrath was poured out on Jesus Christ on that cross. He has nothing but love and blessing to pour out on you. And you were created to hear his voice. That's what Jesus said. My sheep hear my voice. So each week I, I, I seek to bring you a fresh revelation and a fresh encouragement from God to train you, to equip you, to hear and know the voice of the Lord for yourself and gain his hope-filled perspective for your life. Amen. Again, Proverbs 18.21 declares, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I believe God wants you to eat good fruit. Amen. God wants you to have hope. He wants you to know just how powerful your words are. He wants you to agree with him. And so thank you again for tuning in today. And always remember to speak life. God bless you. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world. Oh,